0: W R And now here's a word from the Lord.
1: Jude 20. Keep your Bibles open. We're going to be exploring uh, really this entire letter. But to get us started, let's look at let's jump into verse 20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Amen. Amen. I want to talk today from the thought, put a love offering in the building fund put a love offering in the building fund. Little is known about the author of our letter, Jude. He introduces himself as the brother of James. Some say he is the half-brother of Jesus. He distinguishes himself from the other apostles in verse number 17. And some historians say that he is the half uh, that, that he's a half-brother of Jesus and that he became a believer after Jesus' resurrection and seems to have had an itinerant preaching ministry. He wrote this letter to warn of false teachers and the traps of their false teachings. This reminds me, this warning reminds me of my uh, my early Marine Corps days at my first duty station, the Marine Corps Air Station, Buford, South Carolina, where some Marines who had been there for a while sat me down and warned me about other Marines to stay away from and told me which Marines I could trust, which ones I could not trust, and which of the higher-ups really cared about the troops and the ones that did not care about the troops. And it didn't take long, Brother Salone, for me to find out that the Marine who was warning me was the one I needed to stay away from. But Jude writes to warn the saints of false teachers and alert them to the traps of false teachings. Now, we are not told specifics of what they taught, but verse 4 gives some sort of a clue. For Jew says in verse four, I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. So, again, we don't know the details of what these false teachers were teaching, but this apparently was one of the issues, one of the teachings that they gave that you can be saved and live any old kind of way. This reminds me of what Paul shared in the, in the book of Romans, his letter to the Romans in Romans chapter six, where he begins by saying, well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined to, with Jesus Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism and just as Christ Was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father. Watch this y'all. Now we also may live new lives. In Romans uh, chapter 6 verse 6. Paul shared this. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. So that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ. We were set free from the power of sin. Then if you were to jump down to verse 11 of Romans chapter 6, you hear Paul going on and on about how we we are not in bondage to the power of sin. Verse 11 of Romans 6, you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Then we say this, Minister Duke, he would say this, well then, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin instead. Give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God And you would think that he would stop there But no, he he goes on hilda. He goes on well then since god's grace has set us free from the law Does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not Sounds like he did when he started this when he started this chapter Don't you realize that you became the slave of whatever you choose to obey i'm gonna say that again Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Then he wraps up the chapter with a verse. All of us, many of us know all too well for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Going back to Jude, 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 verse four, Jude, verse four, Jude said the condemnation of such people was recorded long ago for here's another thing that they're apparently teaching for they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, they're denied. They've they've denied the lordship of Jesus. And then he describes the lifestyles of these false teachers. When you jump in at verse eight, Jude, verse eight, he he shares with us the lifestyles of, of these false teachers. In verse 8, Jude 8, in the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. Then in verse 10, Jude said, but these people scoff at things that they do not understand. Like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them. And so, they bring, they bring about their own destruction. What sorrow awaits them, for they follow in the footsteps of Cain. Who killed his brother like Balaam, who uh, they, they deceive people for money and like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. When these people eat with you, these people, when these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. In other words, stay away from these kinds of folk. They're like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They're like trees in autumn that are doubly dead for they bear no fruit and they have pulled have been pulled up by the roots. They they're like wild waves of the sea churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They they're like wandering stars doomed forever to blackest darkness. Then in verse 16 as Jude Jude continues to describe these false teachers the way they live the way they think their motivations. Verse 16 Jude says these people are grumblers and complainers. Living only to satisfy their desires. They, they brag loudly about themselves and they flatter others, flatter others to get what they want. But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. Jude did not give us, again, any specific details as to what the false teachers were teaching. He seems to write to warn the saints of the certain judgment that awaits those who engage in such wickedness. He wants his audience, y'all. He wants his audience to avoid such judgment by remaining faithful to sound, biblical, God-glorifying, mind-renewing, life-transforming, world-changing, rightly-divided kingdom principles. Let me say that again. Jude was trying to tell folks that those who taught what the false teachers were teaching and living in sin the way they were advocating were in trouble. But those who have not yet fallen into the trap of the false teachers were to stick with Jesus of Nazareth as Savior, Lord, Master, and remain faithful to sound. Biblical, God glorifying, mind renewing, life transforming, world changing, rightly divided kingdom principles. Then in verse 20, he told them, build them to build themselves up. To build themselves up. Uh, they were to build themselves up. As the New Living Translation puts it, they were to build each other up. They were to build upon a foundation already laid. They were to see themselves as something God wanted to build and develop. Jude was telling them they are a community, a a church family that God himself was building, erecting, putting together like a house. All of the saints and all of the apostles are depicted as one building, one house uh, with Christ as the chief cornerstone, which which means uh, he's he's the most important block in the whole building. God needed them. God required them. God put it on them to sow seed, a love offering into his building fund, his building fund. Now, now, let's be honest. I'm I'm sure that uh, that all of us have seen plenty churches, especially black churches with a building fund. Even churches that had no intentions of building anything still had a building fund. They can can have just completed building a brand new building and will still have a building fund. You can look at some churches. Some churches, they're raggedy. They need brand new doorknobs all over the building. They won't even replace a doorknob. Won't even replace, listen, won't replace a light bulb, but they still going to have a building fund. They listen, this 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 building fund that of which Jude speaks, these, these folks, they did not need envelopes, envelopes for their building fund. They did not need pledge cards for their building fund. They did not, they did not need a separate line item Tamara in the budget or to provide a report chain on this building fund. They were to build each other. They were not called to build a literal building of brick and mortar. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with such a project. But they were to build themselves, in other words, strengthen one another to remain faithful, to sound, biblical, God-glorifying, mind-renewing, life-transforming, world-changing, rightly divided kingdom principles. They were to envision themselves as God's own building project that he himself was building. Jude did not say that he prayed God would build them up. He put the ball in their court. Jude did not say An angel would descend from heaven and build them up. No, it it would be their own responsibility. Their attachment to one another would would impact enduring the devil's attacks. Each of them needed to contribute, invest in, put something toward what God was building in them in them they individually were to engage in what God was making them into corporately Uh, they were to invest towards God's vision of them being strong enough to be unpopular mocked and persecuted They, they they were to be strong enough first lady to stick with Jesus and live holy lives no matter what everyone else did each of them needed to invest in what the Lord was building and we need such strength I said we need such strength It takes strength to stick with sound, biblical, God-glorifying, life-transforming, world-changing, rightly-divided kingdom principles. It takes strength to do that because doing so will make you unpopular. It'll make you the target for attacks, protests, harsh criticism, lawsuits, court cases, or even death. Throughout the history of Christianity, there were some who lost their lives, literally burned alive at the stake for sticking with what they understood the Bible to really say and mean. Some of our brothers and sisters around the world today are literally imprisoned and losing their lives because they, they remain faithful to the word of God. And God help you. God help you if you don't agree with some of the false teachings of today. That's, that's running rampant through the church. If someone says there's more than one God and Christians do not have a monopoly on God, And you respond, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and all thy soul and all thy might. You might find yourself in hot water with some folk. When when some say Jesus isn't the only way to God, and you respond with Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Folks may look at you like you're crazy. When people say the Bible isn't the word of God, it may contain the word of God or become the word of God. And then you respond with all scriptures inspired by God. And is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip the people to do every work, every good work. When you respond with that word, don't be surprised that people, even in the church. Even in Bible colleges, even in seminaries, literally laugh at you. There's disagreement in the church regarding sexuality, gender identity, same-sex marriage, the definition of family, whether no one can judge you by God and on and on and on. But, but Jude made it clear, some have crept into the church to lead people astray. And he made a contrast in verse 20. Verse 20 said, but you, but y'all, dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. What would be the currency? What would be the currency for such a building fund? When we want to build a literal building, a structure for worship or whatever, we need some dollars to make that happen. We need some money. We, we need some American dollars. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but what is the currency for this building project of which Jude speaks? How would the saints put something in the building fund that would build them up? Love. Love, y'all. Love is the currency to invest. Look, look, look at what Jude says in verse 21. In verse 21, he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. There are different ways to look at that. Some people would assume that that means to, to remain right with God so that he continues loving you. But God loves you regardless. He he loves you regardless. Even when we're disobedient, he loves us. Even when we make mistakes and we think that that they're necessary, he loves us. In fact, he so loves us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the ungodly. He loves us and he he promised to always love us. So, So another way to look at it is whether or not we will always love him. Whether we will remain safely in in loving Him, and, and I want to propose that Jude is 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 saying to, to saying to the saints, y'all y'all can build each other up with the currency of love. Love that you don't have to put in envelopes. Love that you don't have to put on pledge cards. Love that you, that you can't even put in a budget. It's, he, he told them in verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. In other words, guard this love. Preserve this love. Protect this love. Jude's encouragement is for the believer to preserve guard, Protect their love for God. They are to continually offer their love toward God to avoid the trap set for them to stray away from him. As they would continually offer their love to the Lord, they'd build themselves into a faithful people who would serve him all their days. Uh, this, this love is better currency than money. This, this love doesn't depend on the market. Uh, this love doesn't depend on interest rates, Jimmy. This love won't, it, it won't fit in an envelope. This love is, is described in the word of God as patient. Kind, It never gives up, Elder Reagan. It, it never loses faith. It's, it's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. The, the currency for the building fund to finance what the Lord is building never fails. Put a love offering in the building fund. You may ask how. Good question. I'm glad you asked. Here we go. We're going give, to we'll give you a couple of things real quick. We're going to raise up number one. This love offering teaches sound teaching. This love offering teaches sound teaching. I mean, verse 13, verse 13, Jude said, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were be, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men. Here it is. The, un, the, 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 false teaching, turning the grace of our Lord of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God in our Lord Jesus Christ. And in other words, uh, Jude is saying, y'all got a problem because some some teachers have crept into your ministry and they're and they're teaching y'all that it doesn't matter how you live. He warned the saints that the false teachers advocated and engaged in sinful lifestyles. All of us committed to teaching, whether it's Sunday school, Bible study, preaching the word of God, teaching the word of God need to live a godly life. Our sound teaching needs to be seen in our own lives. Jesus said in Matthew seven fifteen, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Your life is the loudest sermon you'll ever preach and the loudest lesson you'll ever teach. Sometimes we can't hear what folks are preaching or teaching through the mic because their lives are too loud. You don't need the mic turned up. You need to turn your life down. Love enough to live right and be an example of someone growing and maturing in holiness. And for everyone, anyone who has seen so much hypocrisy amongst those who teach the word, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. You've seen so much, so much phoniness in the church that you don't know what to believe. As far as religion, let me help you. Jesus is real. His word is real. His love for you is real. Your need for salvation is real. Darkness ain't no joke. Hell ain't nothing to play with. His blood can really wash your sins away. He really, Jesus really has power to pick you up and turn you around and place your feet on solid ground. Yes, God is real. Another thing, another thing about, this sound, about this sound teaching is that it needs to teach God's people how to live right. All of us who teach God's word need to rightly divide it. We need to cut it straight so we, as we serve it to God's people, we need to teach people how to live right by not only sharing what the Bible says, but what it means and how it reveals the heart of God. Finally, y'all, when it comes to loving folk enough to give them sound teaching, loving God enough to give sound, solid biblical teaching, this, this sound teaching promotes and lifts Jesus Christ as Lord. Just just, listen Jude had a problem with those who slid into the church and denied the lordship of Jesus all teachers need to love God and his people so much we cannot help but promote and lift Jesus Christ as Lord because the truth of the matter is he is Lord. He's not just a man upstairs. He is Lord. He is not just your healer. He is Lord. He's way more than a way maker. He's way more than a deliverer. He is Lord. He's running things. Like the old folks say, he rules and he super rules. He is Lord. How many of y'all know Jesus is Lord? He is Lord. Every, the word of God says, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the father this love offering teaches sound teaching secondly this love offering heeds sound teaching it heeds sound teaching look at verse 20 verse 20 Jude said but ye beloved building up yourselves here it is on your most holy faith on your most holy faith, on what you believe, on, on your beliefs as a Christian, not just what you're trusting God to do in certain circumstances, but your, your faith, the whole, the whole Christianity faith. And we don't like to refer to Christianity as a religion. We, we, we more uh, believe that it is a relationship and it is that. But if you want to categorize Christianity, it is a religion. And what, what Jude is encouraging the saints to do is when it comes to your religion, when it comes to what you believe, Uh, Build build, build yourselves up on that. How? By hearing and heeding your teaching. They they were to heed sound teaching that would edify the body of Christ. The encouragement simply is this, y'all. When it comes to putting love in this love offering, it, it means love God too much to disregard his word. Let the word of God govern every aspect of your life. Don't just hear it. Heed it. Don't just consume it by enjoying it and talk about how awesome it was. Heed it by obeying it. Be a hearer and a doer of God's word. Jesus taught an interesting parable concerning hearing and doing and heeding the word of God. He, he said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse it won't cave in it won't crumble it won't crush it it won't be so overwhelmed by all the pressures of life that it just that it just gives up and throws in the towel it's, it's built on on bedrock but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand when the rains and floods and, and come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. In other words, heed sound teaching. T- teaching can get you to a new level of maturity. Teaching can get you to a new level of security in Christ. Teaching can get you to a new level of victory. Teaching will get you there. And believe me when I tell you, everyone has a teacher everyone has a teacher my question to you is who is your teacher if Jesus is not your teacher then who is it could be the world It could be pop culture and all you hear in music and see on television, social media or movies. It could be what you're reading that teaches you to have your own truth and there's no absolute truth and you can live your best life rather than a God ordained blessed life. It could be professors with PhDs in darkness, wickedness and sin. Everyone has a teacher. Everyone. Someone is teaching you how to deal with stress, how to manage anger, how to deal with pain, how to become successful. What is beauty? What is love? Whether or not you're beautiful and loved, how to respond to authority. Everyone has a teacher. And if you're disobeying the teachings of Jesus, someone taught you it's okay to do it. And they applaud how you're living in your disobedience. If you're making up your own version of following Jesus, someone taught you, it's okay to do that. If you're among those who say, I don't know what the Bible says all that well, but I know God is love. And they go on living a life that they know is in rebellion to God. Someone taught them it's okay to do that. If your principles, your values, your code of ethics aren't based on God's word, then who is your teacher? Because everyone has a teacher. And what we heed, what what we need to do is sow a love offering in the building fund by loving God enough to heed sound teaching. The third thing, y'all, the third thing, the third way we can put love in this, put a love offering in this building fund is this love offering praise in the spirit. This love offering praise in the spirit. I'm still in verse 20. Verse 20, Jude said, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, now, this is an interesting admonition, y'all. This is an interesting admonition. Paul, Paul gave us valuable revelation on praying in the Spirit in 1 Corinthians. He talked about how you can pray in the Spirit, you can pray in tongues, pray in a heavenly prayer language, uh, and, and it's private. That's between you and God, and that builds up the believer. And there are other instances in the New Testament that refers to praying in the spirit. In Ephesians chapter 6, when he talked about spiritual armor, he also included and pray always with all supplication in the spirit. So praying in the spirit can include, does include, y'all, praying in tongues in an unknown language where it's just intimacy between you and God. Jude could be referring to praying in tongues here. Let's not rule that out. Let's not rule that out. Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church. Let's not rule that out. But let's not make praying in tongues an unknown heavenly language more important than it is. I'll remind you of the words of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Uh, he, he's also telling us not only could, could it include, not only could it include praying in tongues, but it, but it could also. I, I believe Jude is telling us to render prayers that are controlled by or influenced by the Holy Ghost. That yeah. yeah. there are times you can be in prayer and the Spirit of God prompts your heart to to talk to God about certain stuff. Yeah. The Spirit of God can lead you, influence you prompt you put a burning in your spirit to, to talk to God about certain anybody ever experienced that where you just felt led you felt a compulsion you you, you felt you you felt a, a a a a drawing a a burning to pray about a certain thing and, and 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 God could be leading you to do that listen listen uh uh be led by God's spirit as you pray and one way to do it is to pray God's word You can be led by God's spirit where he just speaks things into your spirit where you're praying about stuff and you don't even know why. But another way you can pray uh, in the Holy Ghost is to pray the word of God. The Holy Ghost inspired, Holy Ghost breathed word of God. What if we all committed to praying, Lord, build us up? What if we prayed this word? What if we prayed Jude 20? What if all of us came into agreement and, and agreed, God, we want to be built up. We, we want to be stronger. We we want to be a stronger congregation. We we want every generation to be stronger. We want our young people to be stronger. We want them to know in whom they have believed and, and not stray from it and believe that that, that and be confident uh, in whom they've committed until the day of Jesus Christ. We want our young adults to know in whom they have believed and not stray from Jesus Christ. We want our golden achievers, flavor motivators, everybody to be persuaded that God alone is God and that he's coming come to us in the flesh in the person of Jesus of Nazareth and that he saved us from our sins was buried on the third and, and on the third day was raised from the grave and one day he is coming back what if all of us prayed god build us up make us stronger H- help us to be the church that you're building help us to work in agreement with you and pray what what if all of us came together and agreed that we need to confess that some of us need to confess that we have not been praying for our church as we should have we we've been complaining more about our church than we've been praying for our church but what if today we repented for all the complaining what if we come what if we repented for all for all the times we neglected the the opportunity to pray for our church that God would build up our church and not just our church but the church all the saints all the believers everywhere all the church Baptist churches Methodist churches Pentecostal churches Church of God in Christ United Methodist church, Lutheran church Episcopalian church Presbyterian all of them what what if we committed? What if we committed to doing that? I believe. I believe we'd experience something mighty. I believe. I believe that we'd experience something mighty because the simple reality is, y'all, Jeremy, the simple reality is God will answer prayer. I said God will. God will answer prayer. And when his spirit is prompting you to pray and you pray accordingly, don't you know that prayer will be answered? God will answer Prayer. Pray for the church. If you got complaints about the church, pray for the church. If you got complaints about church folk, pray for church folk. If you have complaints about your church family, pray for your church family. And so, a seed of love offering into the church by praying according to the Spirit for your church family. God, build us up. Make me a building block. Make me one who can strengthen somebody else. Make me one who can encourage somebody else. Make me one who can help somebody else who's on the verge. are falling away, and God will. Answer prayer. Here's the fourth thing, fourth thing, this love offering looks for Jesus return. This love offering looks for Jesus return. Look at verse 21, verse 21, verse 21, and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's it right there. That's it right there. They're looking for the return of Jesus. The, the love offering that builds the saints is the type that looks for Jesus' return. Looking for Jesus' return is to live beyond the here and now. It is to live with the vision of the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is to envision the day when the saints will stand at the judgment seat of Christ and, and live uh, uh, as though that day is certainly coming. You ever seen some folk in the church live as if they ain't going to ever have to stand before God and give an account? Uh, Jude is saying, Don't live like that. He says, Live a- a- awaiting the mercy of Jesus. This is important, y'all. It's important. It's important to put this love offering in the building fund because your vision of the eternal gives you victory for the temporal. Your vision of the eternal gives you victory for the temporal. Since I envision Him, Jesus, showing me mercy on that day, it gives me power for my struggles today. This is why we have so many songs about it. You ever really taken notice of the songs we have about being in the presence of Jesus forever and our strengthens us for today like songs like oh I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last ever to rejoice This love offering looks for Jesus' return, y'all. And we have songs to help us live with that focus. How about this one? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This love offering, y'all. This love offering looks for Jesus' return. We have songs to help us live with that focus. I grew up with this one. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. Of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His spirit, washed in His blood. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story wish I had some help in here. This is my song. All that I'm going through, I'm looking at him. This is my story. How did you make it? Bless the assurance. Ain't no doubt in my mind that Jesus is real. Ain't no doubt in my mind that he died for me. Ain't no doubt in my mind that one day I'm gonna see him. And so because I live with that reality, we listen, as we live with that reality, it ought to impact how we treat folk, what we say about folk. How we pray for folk. Can I get a witness? If you're looking for Jesus return, stick with him. If you're looking for Jesus return, treat folks right. Finally, finally, put a love offering in the building fund, y'all. This love offering teaches sound teaching. This love offering, this love offering, heeds sound teaching. Thirdly, this love offering prays in the spirit. Then this love offering looks for Jesus return. And finally, finally, this love offering reaches out to show Compassion. Look at verse 22 verse 22 Jude said and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment show mercy to steal others but do so with great caution hating the sins that contaminate their lives Jude encouraged the saints to sow a love offering of compassion into God's building fund they were to reach out to first of all they were to reach out to believers who were weak in their faith. Verse 22, he said, you know, some people are weak in their faith. They're, they're, they're beginning to doubt. They're beginning to waver. They just, they just don't know anymore. They don't know what to believe. They don't know in whom to believe. They, they don't know whose teaching is right. They, don't know, they, they, they just don't know if they're in the right religion, if they're in the right relationship. They don't even know if they're saved. They don't know if they're going to make it to heaven. He said, reach out to them. Show them compassion. But then in verse 23, Margie, verse 23, he said, uh, reach out to those who are spreading false teaching." Reach out to those who are spreading false teaching. Look at verse twenty three. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. The ones who are the ones who are spreading this false teaching—they're on their way to hell. Try, try to deliver them. Try to get them rescued. Show mercy to still others, but to do so, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. In other words, show mercy. So, so a seed of love, so a love offering in the building fund and what God is building in us, what God is building in his church by showing compassion to folks who are wavering. The word for mercy and compassion in this verse is the same as the one that we expect Jesus to show us in verse 21. The mercy that we are to show others is just like the mercy we expect to receive from Christ. We are to extend the same mercy to false teachers that Jesus extends and will extend to us. But Jude, Jude tells them, Jude tells them, do so with great caution. Do so with great caution. Do so with great caution. This is very interesting, y'all, because there are many who were labeled as heretics and false teachers. Again, as I shared with you in the beginning, who were burned at the stake. Burned at the stake as a consequence of their teachings. Many of the doctrines, many of the doctrines we embrace today were deemed heresy at one time and those who originated the teachings paid dearly with their lives. William Tyndale, William Tyndale is labeled the father of the English Bible. He he translated the Bible from Greek to English back in the 1500s and it was illegal for him to do so. He went to several bishops in the Catholic church asking permission to translate the Greek Bible into English so everybody could have it. One problem, Abraham, one problem that William, William Tyndale found was that there were priests preaching who did not know the Bible. They didn't have access to it. And and William Tyndale is reported that he said one day at dinner, he said uh, to this one priest who heard about what he wanted to do, he said, one one day I'm going to, if God allows me to live long enough, I'm going to translate the Bible. So even, even the plowman, even people who work the fields can have it and they are going to know more about the Bible than you. He worked on translating the Bible into English, got it translated, got copies made, thousands of copies demonstrated, demonstrated. Spread throughout. Disseminated. I'm educated. I know the word. Disseminated. D-I-S-S-M-A-N-A-D. Yeah. He he the the printing press had just been had just been invented. He was able to get this to get the Greek Bible interpreted and thousands of copies spread throughout throughout all of Europe. Got in trouble for it. He believed every believer should have a copy of the word of God. But there were people in, 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 in I'm, I'm done. Go on, give me some, music. I'm going to wrap this up. He, listen, they, they, they were against everybody having a copy of the Bible in English. That's, that's one crime he committed. But the most amazing crime William Tyndale committed was he had the audacity, Shane, to believe that you could be saved you could be justified by faith alone that you didn't need works in order to be saved he had the audacity to believe that you could come to Jesus just as you was weary wounded and sad and find in him a resting place and be made glad he had the audacity to believe and teach what we believe and teach as the doctrine of justification that you can just accept Jesus as your savior and be saved they deemed that heresy before we go around checking folk who who don't teach what we teach be cautious be careful William Tyndale William Tyndale they, before they burn, listen when when you were caught teaching what they deemed was false, they they would bring you to court, try you, find you guilty, tie you up tie your hands up tie you to a stake wooden stake and set you on fire alive because you taught stuff you had no business teaching a lot listen to me a lot of the doctrines we embrace and teach and live by today at one time was deemed false teaching and folk were being killed for teaching things such as you can be saved by faith alone amen they strangled them first they deemed it, they thought that was an act of mercy. Well, since, you, since you've done so much scholarship with the Bible, we'll str- we, won't let you in, we won't let you endure the misery of burning until you die. We'll strangle you first, then we'll set you on fire. And listen, this was the church doing this. The church. The church. Jew tells us proceed with caution, show compassion. Show compassion, reach out and show compassion, lift up those who are weak, encourage the vulnerable, save the ones you can save. Don't waste your time debating folk who have a different understanding of the scriptures. I don't waste my time arguing with folk, especially if I know I'm not going to persuade them and know they ain't going to persuade me. I'm not going to argue. But what I am going to do is encourage the people of God with the word of God and do all I can to let my life live louder than my mouth. I want to encourage every preacher, every teacher to put this kind of a love offering. I want every believer, everyone who believes in the future of the church, put a love offering in the building fund. Let's build each other up. All of us, I want to encourage all of us who compose this church family to, to believe in this church family enough to put a love offering in the building fund not in an envelope not on a pledge card but from your heart sow it into our church family avail yourself to teaching live out to the teaching pray in the Holy Ghost show compassion listen put we we need folks who believe in the future of this church if you if you so distraught if you so bitter where you can't do nothing but tear it down You need to repent if you're going to stay. Repent. Turn around and build it up. You so awesome. You so holy. You so anointed. You got so much revelation. Let's build it up. Let's build each other up. And what God will do what God will do with our children what God will do with your grandchildren what God will do with those who are wavering those who are on the verge of slipping away I believe by faith God will grab them save them anoint them fill them and use them for his glory can you imagine can you imagine God using so many more of us so many more of your children so many more of your grandchildren for his glory put this love offering in the building fund, Father, in Jesus' name.
0: This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.